I've got a question for you today. Are you an over-apologizer? Are you a person who says that you're sorry for everything to everyone? I mean, maybe you're the type of person when you're at the grocery store and the person cuts you off or gets in front of you and you actually say that you're sorry because you feel like you're in the way. Uh, but then later, as you think about it, you start to build resentment towards that person. Or maybe you're the type of person in a relationship that you'll always say that you're sorry to keep the peace. And then afterwards, you feel like you've abandoned yourself and betrayed yourself. I know this was certainly the story for me. And so today, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about the consequences of that type of behavior in our life. We're also going to talk about why we do it and then finally how we can learn to stop doing it and replace it with more healthy habits and practices. Welcome to the Permission to Love podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Henderson, and I'm grateful that you're here and that you're a part of this community, a community where we're learning to transform our relationships, starting with the one that we have with ourselves. You know, so many of you have asked how you can support this show, and I just want to remind you that the best ways that you can do that right now are to follow and to subscribe, as well as share it with somebody else that you know needs to hear this content, and finally to rate it and review it. Those are the three best ways that I know that you can support this show, so thank you for taking your time to do that. So let's go ahead and jump into today's content. So I think there's uh, three primary over-apologizer. There's one that has become the habit apologizer, and that's auto-response apologies. It's become such a habit for us that we apologize constantly, and we say we're sorry for saying that we're sorry. So it's just become almost like a part of our persona or our temperament to constantly say that we're sorry for things. The second is the peacekeeper, and that's the person who just at all costs will apologize, say they're sorry, take ownership for things that they don't need to take ownership for so that they can feel a sense of safety or they can feel a sense of peace or they're simply tired and they just want the situation to be over with and they feel like they're the more mature person for apologizing first. Now, while apologizing first can be a sign of maturity, it also can be a sign of self-betrayal when we're apologizing for everything that happened in that situation, that we're taking ownership for the entire argument, let's say, and we're not just taking ownership for our part in what happened. Now, finally, the third type is kind of this preemptive apologizer, uh, that they're preempting the criticism uh, or the rejection of others by apologizing, uh, let's say, for the dinner that was cooked. Uh, while they're cooking it, they're saying that this may not be very good, or when people are eating it, they're saying, I'm really sorry for uh, this, I didn't have this ingredient, it should be better. Or even afterwards, as they're cleaning up, they're apologizing for how bad the meal was and that it was undercooked or overcooked or whatever the scenario is. Subconsciously, that might be a tactic that you're using to keep people's criticism at bay. It's actually a defense mechanism and a protection mechanism for you to apologize first. So let's go ahead and start talking about the consequences of when we apologize for everything and to everybody. Now, I'm going to go through these rather quickly, uh, but the first one is a sense of self-betrayal, uh, self-abandonment, and from that, we begin to develop this self-resentment. Why are you always apologizing? Why can't you stand up for yourself? 
Why are you always saying you're sorry for everything? So you start to resent yourself as a result of apologizing to the entire world. You might feel like your needs are never being met because you're not standing up for yourself. And then that's leading to a lower self-esteem, which is also leading to more anxiety and potentially depression in your life because you're reinforcing a narrative that there's something wrong with you. You're reinforcing the fact that you are a problem, that you're causing problems, and that other people's needs and priorities are more important than your own. So those are just some of the consequences of living our lives in apology mode. So now let's get into talking about why we feel like we need to constantly apologize. Well, one, it's become a habit like we've talked about. So I won't spend a lot of time on that because the habit gets formed out of the core beliefs that we have. And so let's get more into the core beliefs. But just know that, yes, it has become a habit, but it's a habit that you can break and it's something that you can retrain yourself in. Now, another reason is there's a lot of cultural issues at times that are behind apologies. You might be in or from a culture that sees apologizing as something that's honorable or polite. So in that scenario, you might need to look at, is that serving you? Even though it's a cultural thing, is it serving you? And is there a better way to potentially go about it? Just because something is cultural doesn't mean it's right doesn't mean it serves us, and doesn't mean that we need to continue to reinforce that cultural pattern or narrative in our life. Another reason that we do it is because of low self-esteem, and we'll talk about some of the sources of that low self-esteem here in just a second. Another reason is because we're peacekeepers. We want to keep the peace, and so we will abandon ourselves in order to keep the peace. We also do it out of needing the acceptance of other people. We're seeking validation, we're seeking their acceptance, we're seeking their approval, and so we use apologies or to say that we're sorry in order to get that from people. You might be doing it out of the need to manage other people's emotions. You don't want other people to feel bad, so you say you're sorry because you know that you can be okay with that, but you don't want the other person to feel like they did something wrong. You don't want the other person to feel bad about themselves. And I'll let you in on something, that's a trauma response and something that we'll talk about here in just a little bit. So with all those whys, let's talk about how trauma could be the source of many of those. You know, when I was five years old, I ran away from home because I felt like I was such a problem to the family, that my presence was causing enough problems as a five-year-old that I needed to leave. I needed to run away. So I packed up my little suitcase that I had, threw that suitcase inside of a sleeping bag, threw that sleeping bag over my shoulder, and started to walk out of the house and walk down to a pool at an apartment and hung out there for the day, wondering what I was going to do, where I was going to go. But all I knew was that I felt like I was a problem and I needed to leave, that if I left, the problems of the family would be solved. So that is a definite trauma response that a five-year-old would feel like or have had communicated to them at such a level that their presence was a problem and was causing issues in the family. Now, you might have experienced that as well, and you carry this sense that you're a problem. 
and you were taught that and trained that by your parents or in another painful relationship, that you were the source of all the issues, that you were the one causing all of the problems, and that if it wasn't for you, everybody could be happy because when you do things or don't do things, people get upset and they took it out on you. And so that environment will wire you to feel like you're a problem. And when you feel like you're a problem, you're going to be more prone to over-apologize. Now, another thing that apologizing did for us is it kept us safe. That if we could apologize our way out of something or preemptively apologize for something that we had no idea maybe what was going on, we had no idea what was happening, but we felt that energy, the elevated stress, the elevated energy that something's getting ready to happen. And so as a defense mechanism, as a way to keep ourselves safe, we would just start apologizing and trying to make that energy get lower and try to make that energy be more peaceful and try to preempt whatever explosion or whatever bad thing was going to happen. And so that trained us to use apologies as a way to stay safe and to try to keep the environment peaceful. And what we were ultimately doing in that was not only trying to keep ourselves safe, but then what that did was it put us in a position where we felt like we were constantly trying to manage the environment and to manage other people's emotions. So a lot of what we do in apologizing is just that. We want to manage the environment. We're trying to manage the situation and we're trying to manage other people's emotions, bringing down that temperature to something that feels safe. But in that process, we're abandoning ourselves, we're denying ourselves, and we're building up that self-resentment, which is leading to more frustration with ourselves, lower self-esteem, and keeping us in the shame loop and reinforcing that narrative that there's something wrong with us. Now, another reason that trauma can contribute to our over-apologizing is because we learned that submission was safety. And if we would submit, then we would be safe. And so apologizing and humbling yourself or submitting yourself or giving in was a way to be safe. Because as children or in other abusive relationships, we couldn't speak up for ourselves or stand up for ourselves without experiencing some type of abuse or backlash. And so we learned submission as safety, and now we use apologies as submission. That's our submissive response, that we're going to say that we're sorry, we're going to take ownership for it because we don't want the consequences of more trauma, more abuse. And so that's something that we've learned but it's also something that we can unlearn. All right, so we've talked about what it's doing to us, and we've talked about some of the reasons, uh, maybe why we're doing it. So let's start talking about how do we stop it? How do we stop this behavior of over-apologizing? Now, the first thing that we can do in learning to correct our over-apologizing is to understand when it's appropriate for us to apologize and when it's appropriate for us not to. Well, how do we do that? Well, I think this is an important part of it because, yes, it is healthy for us to apologize and to take ownership when we need to, but it's not healthy when we're apologizing for everything all the time and for things that we don't need to. So how do we separate the two? How do we separate from when we need to apologize and when we don't need to own something? 
Here's the simplest way that I know. Keeping track of when you apologize. How often are you doing it? And what are you apologizing for? So let's take the guy at the grocery store example. Cut you off, gets in front of you, and then you back your cart up and you say that you're sorry. Now, in reflecting on that, should you have said that you're sorry? Probably not. Should that guy have said he was sorry? Absolutely. Does that guy need to learn how to apologize? A hundred percent. And so when you look at that scenario, we can dig into it and go, I didn't need to apologize. Maybe I didn't want to uh, fight for my position in line, and that's okay. doesn't mean that you have to, but it doesn't mean that you have to say you're sorry as a defense mechanism to let that guy know that it's okay for him to have cut in front of you and that you're not going to say anything about it. So instead of saying that you're sorry, could you then just simply say, you know what, it looks like you're in a hurry, go ahead and go in front of me. That is a whole different tone than you saying that you're sorry and owning something that you didn't even do wrong, but you did it as a signal to that person that you weren't going to challenge the behavior. Now, maybe another scenario is that you're in an argument with somebody. Uh, maybe it's your significant other, uh, one of your kids, family member, friend, whatever it is. And then all of a sudden, you've reflected back on the situation you just want to keep the peace. And so you go and you apologize for everything. And you take ownership and saying, you know what? I was wrong for this and I shouldn't have done that. And you just apologize for everything because you want it to be over and you want peace. Now, instead of doing that, how can you separate out what you should apologize for and what you shouldn't apologize for? Now, the reason that can be difficult is we're so used to using apology for safety and for peacekeeping that we just don't even want to mess with it and we just rather self-abandon. Or we do feel like, after thinking about it, that yeah, everything about that argument was our fault, even though it wasn't. And then finally, we just don't want the person to feel bad anymore. So then we tell them that we're sorry and we take full ownership and we don't want to feel bad anymore. So we just take full ownership and we've learned that they don't take full ownership. So we're going to actually reinforce their negative behavior by apologizing and not allowing them to have any sense of accountability for apologizing. So in order to stop all of that, what we can do is sit down, really think about it objectively, and take ownership for what we did that we feel like maybe we shouldn't have said or ways that we shouldn't have acted, but we're not going to take full ownership for everything. Now, your immediate response might be, that sounds great, but the person that I'm dealing with, if I don't apologize for all of it, the argument's just going to continue. That might be the case. I understand what you're talking about. But what we're going to have to figure out how to do is simply apologize for our part. And if the person doesn't apologize for their part, let's not get into trying to get them to apologize for what they did. We're just focusing in on us. We're going to take ownership for what we did, but we're not going to take ownership for what we didn't do. And we're going to separate the two and then allow ourselves to feel good about taking ownership for what we did. And we're going to allow ourselves to feel good by not self-betraying and taking ownership for all of it. So you can apologize and then, if you have to, walk away. And if that person doesn't allow that for you and they just continue to try to keep the argument going, 
Maybe you need to leave, find some space, get away, and then maybe you just need to reflect on the relationship holistically. But what we're after here is taking care of you and learning to separate when you need to apologize for something and when you don't, and owning the fact that yes, at times we do need to apologize, but that in apologizing, we don't need to apologize for everybody else's behavior as well. Now, the second thing that can be helpful in stopping our over-apologizing is to identify our triggers. What causes us to apologize? When do you do it? Are you an always apologizer? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, Are you an apologizer to stop an argument? Are you an apologizer who apologizes before the presentation, during the presentation, and after the presentation to preempt people's criticism or to project the feeling that you have about yourself onto everybody else? What type of apologizer are you and what situations trigger those apologies from you? I would encourage you to take the time to journal that out, write it out. When do you apologize? What triggers it? And what type of apology behavior do you get into? And so what that's going to do is lead us into the second part of this exercise, which is what are the feelings underneath when you feel triggered to apologize? And just saying, I feel bad, may not be a really helpful response. And I bet you can get a little bit deeper in this exercise and go a few more layers beneath, I feel bad. For example, are you feeling judged? Are you feeling separated? Are you feeling unsafe? Are you feeling as if you've done something wrong or that there's something wrong with you? Are you feeling like you need to manage another person's emotions? Are you simply feeling tired and so you're caving in? You know, a lot of people will use that tactic against you. They'll just wear you down until you're so exhausted that you just apologize and you just say, okay, I'm wrong. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Uh, But once again, you might be sending the signal to your system and reinforcing the message to yourself that there's something wrong with you and you're not standing up for yourself and you're building that self-resentment, and we've got to figure out how to stay away from that. So in journaling out your feelings, it might be helpful to write down what you're feeling before you apologize or when you're triggered, and then afterwards, and compare those two feelings. Maybe before you apologize, you're feeling unsafe, and afterwards, you're feeling more of a sense of safety, but with it, maybe this mix of feeling shameful about yourself that you did something that you didn't feel like you needed to do, and then you start to beat yourself up for, why am I always apologizing? You see, the reason this is important is we're getting to the source. We're getting to the core issues as to why we feel like we need to constantly apologize. You see, we say the words, I feel like I need to always apologize. But what is the feeling? What's below it? Because if we can identify what's below it, we can begin to identify its origin. And that origin is usually the voice and the behavior of somebody else, a parent, a person that you were in a toxic relationship, or whatever the scenario is. It's a voice that you inherited that was passed to you. It's not your authentic self to constantly feel like there's something wrong with you that you constantly need to bend and you constantly need to apologize. And that's why it's so valuable to write out what you're feeling is because you are identifying the origin 
and you're creating separation uh, from you and the origin. You know, the hard part about trauma and painful life experiences is that it gets mixed together. It gets really difficult to untangle uh, the event from us. It gets really difficult uh, to untangle somebody's voice from who we are. It's really difficult to untangle those painful life experiences from who we are as a person. And writing it out and identifying the origins of it can help us understand when it got handed to us. And when we understand that it got handed to us, we understand it's not us and we can begin to unvelcro it from us. Now that you've done that work, you can start getting into writing out a more truer statement. You can begin to write things out like, not everything is my fault. Apologizing keeps the peace for others, but it wrecks my peace. The things that happened to me were not my fault, so I don't have to live my life feeling like I constantly have to apologize for things that are not my fault. So write it out, whatever it is for you that's a more true statement. And then what that is doing is it's helping us to identify new language. And then that new language is going to help us with the next part of this exercise, which is writing out more assertive statements instead of always apologizing. Write out what you would rather say than the constant, I'm sorry, you're right, I'm wrong, it's my fault. You see, that language, very submissive, very passive, uh, and can be very self-demeaning when it's used in a way that's self-betraying. So what could be more assertive statements? Well, there's some real basic ones. Like instead of saying, oh, I'm sorry for this or I'm sorry for that, you could say, thank you for your patience. You could acknowledge them without having to demean yourself. Because what we're trying to do is find more positive, more assertive language and not get into such passive and self-demeaning language. You see, even in apologizing when we're truly wrong for something, it doesn't have to be demeaning. We don't have to demean ourselves in order to apologize. For example, if you didn't do your best on a project at work, instead of saying, you know what, I'm so sorry, I always get these things wrong, I didn't have enough time, yada, 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 whatever the response is, Maybe you could say, you know what, this wasn't my best work. I know I can do better. Let me go back and rework some things. Much different energy because we've got to remember that the energy that we're giving out to others about ourselves is looping back to us and reinforcing and reseeding the way that we feel about ourselves. So demeaning yourself in an apology, even when it's a necessary apology, is reinforcing a negative limited belief system. So now that you've identified the triggers, the feelings, the origins, and the positive statements that you want about yourself instead, now you can begin to write out those more assertive statements, right? Because you know this thing's going to trigger you. And so when it triggers you, what can you do as a response instead of saying you're sorry? What's a more assertive, positive response that you can give in that scenario? So write that out. I would rather say X than Y. I'd rather say thank you for your patience than I'm so sorry that I always do this. Or I'm in the process of learning this. Thank you for your patience instead of, man, I'm so stupid. I'm never going to learn this or whatever the narrative is. 
And if you're an auto response apologizer who feels like you're apologizing even for taking up space, somebody bumps into you and you say, oh, I'm so sorry. So instead, maybe you say nothing. You just remain silent and continue to walk on. It's better to not respond at all than to feel like you have to say you're sorry. Well, your first thought might be, well, that's rude if I don't say that I'm sorry. Well, if you're the one who bumped into them, then yes, it's appropriate for you to acknowledge that. And you could say actually something like, pardon me or excuse me, instead of saying, I'm sorry. Try it because pardon me, excuse me, or thank you for letting me through all have different energy than I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. And see, we're trying to break the loop of using that word so much. So even just replacing it with something else can be helpful. So now that you've got that list of maybe more assertive language that you want to use, go put it in practice. Practice is the thing that's going to ingrain it. It's going to rewire it. So we need to put those things in practice. So here's a way that you could try to practice it. When you find yourself getting triggered, pause, create a little bit of space. I know that auto response is going to come out at times. And if it does, that's okay. Don't shame yourself for it. Just get back up on the horse and keep on going. So you get triggered, try to create some space. And the best way that I know to create space is with a mindful breath. Just take a moment, breathe, pause. I know you're going to feel urgency to right away apologize, to right away have that response, but the world's not going to fall apart if you take a few seconds Take a deep breath, relax, think about what you want to say instead, and then say that. If it's in an argument with a loved one or a relationship, take time, practice just mindfully reviewing the events that happen and make a list of some things that you genuinely feel like that you need to apologize for. If anything, there may be nothing on that list and that's okay. And if there is some things on there, Apologize just for that and then let the rest go. And if you apologize and their response isn't what you thought it should be, and they're not giving you the signals that you are looking for in your apology, that doesn't mean that you need to go ahead and start puking out more apologies, which is often a trauma response. We apologized. It didn't seem to smooth things over. And so now we just start throwing out apology after apology, or we start apologizing until we get the signals from that person that they're feeling okay, which means that we can begin to feel okay. We don't want to do that. We just want to apologize for our part. And then if you have to walk away, and then if you're feeling pulled to go back and manage your emotions and manage the situation more, take some mindful breaths and commit to just sticking to the list that you feel like you needed to apologize for. Now, if later some more things come to mind genuinely and not out of a guilt energy or a keep the peace energy, then you can apologize for those things as well. But you'll know, you'll begin to feel the difference as you practice this between this you know, shame and uh, keep the peace energy that you're already really familiar with and this new energy, which is an apology out of your relationship with yourself and a loving connection with the other person instead of trying to manage and manipulate and control everything through over-apologizing. Now, as you begin to practice these things, I truly believe that you'll begin to sense a different energy that you have with yourself and this need to constantly apologize. 
Because what we're trying to do is heal our relationship with ourselves, heal that feeling that we are the ones who always need to apologize, that we're the ones that always need to make things right, which is often a trauma response. We're trying to get into a more healthy practice with ourselves and with others to apologize for the things that we need to and to not apologize for the things that we don't need to. Because remember, We're trying to get away from the feeling that we're a problem that needs to be apologized for. Well, thank you again for taking your time to listen to another episode of the Permission to Love podcast. I'm so grateful that you're here. And remember, as always, you are worthy of your own love.